Okay. Parsha Seinu Pesachas Be'ina Gikach Kerach. Good morning, Zev. In general, pe- people would ask their various questions, and sometimes they would instruct them to uh, look into the Febrengans that were just delivered. Sometimes they would even tell someone, if you weren't there, talk to someone who's by the Febrengan. So let's the nervous Febrengan. Parsha Seinu Pesachas Be'ina Gikach Kerach. Our parsha begins with the concept of the argument of Kerach. Al-Kerach had an argument against the priesthood of Aaron. Then the Torah continues with the story about, story about Aaron's staff. How Aaron's staff blossomed as a sign, which indicates that Aaron's priesthood was authentic. Then the Torah continues with the gifts you have to give to a Cain which is also relevant to the same subject. What's the idea of the gifts given to a kain? Whatever a person has, he has to give to the kain. They're both in things which are called in Chassidus Erpnimi and Ermakif. Erpnimi means things which you can internalize within yourself. And Ermakif are things which are just like the word makif literally means to surround, but it, makif also means to transcend, something which is hovering over something, you're learning something, you don't understand it yet, so that concept is makif, it's transcendent, it's not something which you could bring into yourself. So, so whatever you have, you have to give the kain. Whether we're talking about erpnimi, whether we're talking about something that you can bring inside yourself, food, like the offering of the truma, uh, 150th, 140th, 160th of your crops have to be given to Cain. Will be kurim and the first, um, the first fruits have to be given to the Cain. And also the uh, first shearings of your sheep, which sheep provide clothing. Clothing is something which is makif, which surrounds you, that also has to be given to the Cain. The Torah introduces this concept of the gifts of the Kainim. Whatever you have, you have to give the, the first Hashem. Because the Kainim aren't Kainim, just people that are um, serving Hashem. Rather, God is their portion. They're not involved in the physical things. God is their portion. Therefore, giving to the Kainim is like giving to Hashem. The Kainim are able to eat from the table of God. You're not giving to the Kainim, you're giving to Hashem. And the Kainim, they merit to be able to eat from the table of Hashem. Ram says the same as also now. Ram says, we give a poor person food to eat. You have to give him from the best and the sweetest things in your meal. When you give someone clothing, to give him the best clothing. It's supposed to be nicer than your house. As the Pasuk says, all the best has to be given to Hashem. So just like you have to give the first of your possessions to Hashem and the Kainim, they are able to get from the gifts to Hashem. 
So too, in regards to giving, when you give to the poor, the poorer people, they're eating from Hashem's table too. And so too, we will assure Hashem's house has to be the best, has to be nicer than your own home. Josh Gordon, all of a he visited once my shul downtown, and the Ramam, this, this Ramam was the Ramam of the day. He was so excited. He said, in the language of Jack Benny, this is in the script. This is not, I'm not making this up. Eric Gordon. He was complimenting the, the guy who built the shul downtown. He was saying, I've been in this guy's house. This is much nicer than his house. This is the way it's supposed to be. Anyways, so uh, the, the, the Ramam is, is considered a book of, of, of uh, Nigla. I mean, the Ramam doesn't, doesn't do a heebie-jeebie stuff. The Ram just tells us facts. This is what he's supposed to do. It's not supposed to do. But here, here also, the Ramam, although the Ramam is a book of Nigla, a book of Halacha, here the Ramam does something clearly Hasidic and Kabbalistic, and the order and the way the Ramam brings the various things that he discusses is the Hasidic concept called Mazl Vushbayis. Mazl Vushbayis means your food, your clothing, and your house. And the reason why those three items are significant is because they represent three different kinds of divine light. A divine light which is internalized, represented by food. A divine light which hovers over you, which you're not able to internalize, which is, which is parallel to clothing. And divine light which is not even, the real, not even in the realm of internalizing, which is parallel to house. So here the Ram does, does something, um, and he, when he, in his description, the various items, just discussing halacha, what you're supposed to give and how you're supposed to give, he discusses these three items because Rambam, is um, is a book, although he's a book of halacha, you could see the Rambam's knowledge in Kabbalah and uh, how, how the Rambam is the whole Torah is really body and soul. The whole Torah has a soul to it. So even though the Rambam discusses halacha, you can see how it mirrors the Kabbalistic ideas that it comes from. Kolemar, the point is like this. Whatever you have, whether we're talking about whether, whether we're talking about clothing, house, or food, you have to give the, all of that to the coin inside your own soul. Who is the coin inside your soul? That means two matters of holiness. Why? Didn't we say before you're supposed to give the poor man? So why are we saying to give to your uh, soul? So, interesting thing like this. In Tanya... The author brings a story in the Gemara about Hillel. When Hillel would eat, he would say, I'm going to give food to this poor man. Because for Hillel, his animal soul was considered the poor man. Why? Because his, the, one, the, the soul that got the most attention in Hillel's life was his neshama. You learn Torah, you daven, that his neshama was really present in whatever he did. So he was feeding his neshama all day. Who's the soul that, which soul was ignored a little bit? The animal soul, the body. So he, when he would eat, he said, I'm going to give food to the shameful, embarrassed, poor one. But by a regular person, who's not Hillel Azakim, so uh, the godly soul is the, uh, is the poor man inside of us. The godly soul is the one that gets less attention. So just like the Ram says you have to give uh, your best food to the poor man, the poor man in you is your neshama. Because the, the neshama is the one that gets less, the least attention. So the Torah says no. The Torah says that you, you, although the neshama is poor, it's not your first soul. 
Our first, the author was talking about the various souls. He says that the Gali soul is the second soul. One of the reasons why he calls it the second soul is because it's our second reality. Our first reality is our animal soul. The Gali soul is a deeper, higher reality. It's our true identity, but it's not our first reality. So that's why it's called the poor one. But yet the Teresel tells us, feed the poor one, give the poor and give the neshama from the best of things in your life. In regards to a house, Ram writes clearly that the house corresponds to a, a place of prayer. But how do you do that? How do you, if, if indeed Hashem made the world in a way that your first reality is your animal soul and your godly soul is a second reality, so how are you supposed to organize your life in a way that you're directed to give your best things to the, the, the poor one? It would seem that our, our, our um, default function would be to give the best things to our first reality, our animal soul, to satisfy whatever bodily uh, urges and needs we would, we would have. So how are we supposed to redirect and, and put, put things where they're supposed to be? The best things should go to the best causes. And put your best energies to the best causes. So the Rambam says, so the Rebbe says, so there has to be a general preparation. You have to, before we talk about specific uh, things and what you're supposed to do with your time, with your resources, the general, you have to have a general paradigm. What's a general, general paradigm? The Ram says, all the, all, literally the Pasuk means all fat belongs to Hashem. But what it also means is all the best has to go to Hashem. A Jew has to have the perspective, the paradigm, the main thing is Hashem. When you have that general perspective, that paradigm is your paradigm, the main thing is Hashem, then automatically the various things you do in regards to your clothing, in regards to your uh, house, in regards to your food, and how you direct those resources towards your inner soul are done correctly, well, because you have that, that general perspective of the best has to go to Hashem. But this is not just something that's good for your brownie points in heaven. This is also something that affects you physically. Just like in regards to the gifts to the Kayin. There was a guy who he, he was very wealthy and he would give to the he would give to the Kayan, uh, the Levi, I think the story was about, he gave to the Levi 10% of his crops. And I think it was his son who took over, and he told his son, it's so important, make sure you give 10%. And his son, looking at 10,000 bushels of apples and stuff like that, he's like, nah, you know what, um, I don't give a whole thousand, give 900. And what happened was, his next year, instead of his, his crop producing 10,000 bushels, it produced only uh, 9,000. He said, okay, so I'll give. And, and he kept on cutting off and until he ended up making, instead of making 10,000 bushels, he made 1,000 bushels. So his friends came to him dressed in the yontif clothing, rotten friends, and they said to him, <laughs> they said to him, Mazel tov, Hashem made you a, a kayin. Just, instead of you giving Hashem 10%, Hashem gave you 10%. <laughs> <laughs> so this idea... <laughs> we need more of those guys in base to stop.
them. Uh, <laughs> Be careful for what you wish. It could be true. I would, I would invite them over for Shabbos. <laughs> so, anyways, the point is that you have nine apples. The point is, is that a Jew has to know that the best thing has to be given to Hashem. And, when, and, and this idea of giving the best to Hashem isn't just something that's nice to do, it's something that affects what you have. Hashem sees you're, you're using your resources for the best causes, what they're meant for, so the Eivishter gives more. Amen. Mm-hmm. There's also in God. What, what, what's the question? What, what's, what's his paradigm? Listen, uh, the, the, the Torah doesn't say to give it all away. The Torah says to give some of it away. Um, and that sanctifies the rest, as Alta writes in Tanya. You look back at 10 years and you're like, wow, I'm now giving 10% more than I was making fully 10 years ago. As this is in regards to financial resources, other resources, in regards to clothing and house and uh, food, is also true in regards to time. There is a time when a person is not so into the goings-on in the world. In the earliest years of a person's life. And there are times a person is very much involved in what's going on in the world. And so during the year, there are the weekdays in which a person is more occupied. And in Shabbos and Yantiv, you're not so occupied. And especially the ten days between Shoshani and Yom Kippur, when then the luminary is close to the spark, so certainly at that, that time a person is not as involved in the physical world as he is in the regular day. So in regards to our time, we have to know the best has to go to Hashem. To give Hashem the very first and best time. In every day, what's the best part of the day? The, the, the best, most relaxed time a person is as soon as he wakes up in the morning. Then your, then your mind is, uh, is relaxed. That's a time you should give to Hashem. This we see also in last week's parasha, the Pasuk, from the first of your dough, you should give Chala offering to Hashem. So the Friedrich Rebbe said the word dough has the same root as the word baby carriage which or, 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 or mattress. So this first step out of your mattress, the first step out of your carriage has to be a gift to Hashem. Give that time to Hashem. It's like a, like a baby or in the morning when you wake up? Just like when you give... We make dough, the first dough has to go to Hashem. So too, the first step out of your carriage, mattress, whatever you're sleeping in, that first time has to be given to Hashem. Like we're doing here, the first, we woke up in the morning, the first thing we're giving is our, our time to Hashem. Unlike the uh, Chinese who have a custom to plan their day in the morning, it was a relaxed time, playing a day in the morning. So Dr. Bresh was not sitting with his day planner now, he's, he's sitting with his, he's, he's sitting with his, his uh, notes, and uh, you know the Chinese would tell him, listen, this is your best time, and now you're most focused, think about your day. Nah, let the Chinese uh, do it their way, we do it our way. Start our day with Abish there, with their mitzvahs. And not just because this will help your day too, will give brachas to your day, as your observer is thinking, but also because, uh, more importantly, because, because the best has to go to Hashem. V'lochin, 
That's why in, in America, when it came a question about the order of how the elementary schools should be set up in regards to learning secular studies and Jewish studies, so the Friedrich Rebbe said they should learn specifically the Jewish studies in the, in the morning dafka. Next page. They should only study secular studies after midday. When your head is rested, that's the best time. As Ramam writes, all the best goes to Hashem. And only later, during the day, later on, then be involved in, as the Torah says, God will bless you in all that you do if you do things. So the very first moments of your day, the most relaxed moments, they should be given to Hashem. I remember one day in elementary school, the, the uh, and the Jewish teacher didn't show up. The the religious teacher didn't show up, so we had like English and math and stuff in the morning. Remember how 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 goyish it felt. <laughs> so I got for a day, and instead of davening, you're learning about math. It was like so so weird. Anyway, so yeah, so that that's it's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> Minyan is so goyish. This is true not just in regards to children studying studying Torah. This is also true in regards to businessmen. Although they're involved in mundane things, the main thing is and davening. The first and best time they have has to be given to Hashem. First of all, they have to daven. After davening, you have to learn. As the halacha is, from the house of prayer, you have to go to the house of study. So right after you daven, you're supposed to learn so only then to eat breakfast. The, the morning bread, says the Tzemach rules, is supposed to be after davening. And since, says Tzemach says, and since after davening, you're supposed to learn, so it comes out that breakfast is after learning. Because the, uh, the Tzemach says, you, you're not supposed, breakfast is after davening. And the Gemara says that from diving, you're supposed to go learn. So it comes out that you're supposed to learn right after diving, only then to have breakfast. And only then are you involved in the mundane things. But you start off your day, you're, you're learning and you're davening and you're eating breakfast, and then you go out to your day. You have to know, so the Rebbe says, the main thing is your Torah, the main thing is your davening. Don't think that the main thing is to be involved in your business. And to just be yoytze and just to fill your obligation by learning a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening. Don't think you should just try to get it over with and, and done with and fulfill your obligation according to the code of Jewish law. I want to do my minimum obligation. It shouldn't be that you're saying the words, not listening to what your mouth is saying. Not to think about what you learned. The, the best time of the day. And your best energies. The energy of your head, even the energy of your hands, have to be dedicated to Torah and Tefillah. What does that mean when Nebuchadnezzar says the energy of your hands? I don't know. Work. 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 Let's say you're a weaver, using your hands. Okay. What should you do in the morning? Get up and weave first, or daven first? But what does hands have to do with davening? Ah yeah yeah yeah.
But the line was, I'm sorry, what was the line that you said again? The best time, the best yeah. energies, the yes. energy of the head and even the energy of the hands have to be dedicated to tear and dive. Oh, the head and the hands. Right. Okay. It usually for citizens. Okay. I missed the word. No, no, no. You, you, what you're saying is what yeah. conventional says yeah. is that that's the Torah by the work of your hands you should eat and Chassidus yeah. emphasizes that you should only dedicate the work uh, your external energies to your work and your internal energies your heart and mind should be dedicated to Hashem here he uses a word over here about he's quoting another sicha I'm not familiar with should I go look it up? no, fine okay, I'll look it up later if you mind me it's true that when you give truma, you're not allowed to give the entire field to be truma. It's supposed to be in a way that when you give the way the various parts of your um, crop to the coin, that you still could tell that this crop belonged to you. It's not supposed to be that, 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 that where's the beef and everything gone to the, went to the coin. It's supposed to be the coin, that the coin is not supposed to have the majority of your field. And also in regards to Staka, you're supposed to give 10%. And Usha, they, in, in, in Usha there was a, a rule they made not to give more than a fifth. And except for the Altarebbe's clause that when you're talking about um, a kapara for the soul, Altarebbe says just like when you give money for your health, for your medicine, you don't care about how much it is. You don't care if it's ten percent, twenty percent, or eighty percent, because you want to whatever you, you you give everything to live. So too, if you're giving staka for a kapara, you give without any limitation. But so so it's true. So the point is that although staka has a limit, but uh, and, and also in regards to your day, you don't pre- preoccupy yourself the majority of the day with teira and tefillah. But the question is, what is the main part of your day? That's that's the uh, that's where your best energies have to be dedicated. It's true; it may not be the main part of your day, meaning the majority. It may, may not be the majority of your day, but but it has to be that that's that's the main thing to you. It may not be the the majority of the time, but that's what you're looking for. So that's that's the best part of the day. Okay, so this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to feel that tayr and feel is the main thing in your life, and the mitzvah is the main thing in your life. And the question is, though, if the majority of the day is spent doing other things, and uh, how can you come around to have that balance that you feel the main thing is Terra and Tefillah when your animal soul says otherwise and the majority of your day says otherwise? That's not, that's not the majority of your time. So in order to get to that perspective, that, the, that your whole day is about the Eberster and Termitsis, to put in perspective what's important, what's secondary, you need to have a tool. What's the tool? So where we're going? Yeah. Basically, keep trying to consider Google Calendar. And, uh, While we're here right now. Uh, that's probably one interpretation of what we're saying. But if we give a lot of money to base the salad, you will be the center. You've never been to prison, have you? Uh, <laughs> one of the things they taught me in prison 
was that uh, that's when you were <laughs> visiting or serving. Oh, okay. <laughs> when you visit there, you you, you 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 some of it rubs off on you. No, there are no shortcuts. No shortcuts. The general perspective that you feel that what is most important is most important, and what is mo- and what is not important is not important. To get that perspective, you have to have kabbalah sale. As soon as you get up, if they say made ani, and dedicate yourself to Hashem, they're up like shakol chelavayim, and you have to feel when you say made ani, the best has to go to Hashem. In other words, your made ani is your first entry to the day. When you wake up and say made ani. You have to have that, that perspective that you want to give the best to Hashem. And this affects Pagashmias. If you have that perspective, the best goes to Hashem, that's where you, and that's where you dedicate the best things to Hashem, that affects your physical life as well. You dedicate your best things to Hashem, so it comes, it comes back to you. It's not so relevant, but... Uh, and, uh, and it's still saying Kaddish. It's saying Shrakamaisa, or too late for the Shrakamaisa? No one's here for this year yet, so... There was a Jew... Who um, you, he wanted to get an exempt to exempt himself from the draft, and uh, he wasn't such a uh, so such a, so Hasidic, so into it, and uh, he um, so he went to his he went to his rebbe, our rebbe, and he went to his friend after visiting the rebbe. They can't help me. I don't mean him specifically. Even his father can't help me either. The rebbe, the previous rebbe, they just can't help. So his friend was a Hasidic Bachar in Shimon 770, and he said, did you go to Mikveh before you went? He said, no. He said, listen, if you want to go to the Rebbe and the Rebbe to respond to you, you have to prepare. You can't just go into the Rebbe like this. You have to prepare. So he, he was really stuck. He wanted to get an exemption. He couldn't get an exemption from the army. He's really stuck. So he went to the Mikveh, and he learned, and he prepared for a whole week. And Rabbi Khan said, I just heard a story yesterday from Rabbi Khan. Uh, he said he was very involved in, in this whole and every part of the story. He, he, after a week of preparation, he got a, in another yichidus. He got another audience of the rebbe. And this time it was a whole different yichidus. The first time the rebbe didn't even answer his question. What should he do? This time the rebbe responded to him. The rebbe said to him that uh, it says in the mission we just said in last week, anyone accepts upon himself the yoke of Torah, God takes away from them the yoke of the government, the yoke of um, of, of uh, earning livelihood, worldly affairs. Worldly affairs. So he says you have to learn an omer of Gemara a day. Okay. So then, uh, then the Rebbe says to him, "But we have to also make a garment in nature. What garment in nature do you think we should we should use?" So he says, "Well, when I was a child, I had an issue with my heart. They made with his hand, like bad idea." So they asked him, "In your family, was there any kinds of uh, health issues?" And all the health issues he used to sing. There was like, finally, finally, Rebbe says, "How about teeth?" His teeth, there's no issues in teeth. Not my, not me, not my father. My okay, since there are no issues in teeth, that's what you should focus on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he got exempt from the army through something happening with his teeth. And uh, later on, Rebbe said, people say there's no miracles that happen. And people say, well, my father was making any miracles. Look at this story of my father-in-law. The, the three crab is miracle of his father-in-law. Anyways, the point is, my dear friends, you know what's important is important. And my focus on what's important like the Rebbe told this guy, except the Lungamara every day, etc. It brings Brooks and Gash for sure.